Welcome to Yarn Quest, a First Nations-led podcast of big stories by little kids. I'm Uncle Mott. And I'm Arnie Brooke. We are your friendly neighbourhood storytellers. Join us every episode for imaginary yarns written by you. Let's jump in. It's time for an adventure. This episode of Yarn Quest is all about war and peace. What do you think war is all about? Let's find out what some of our Yarnies had to say. This story is called War Story by Pania. Once upon a time, there was a war between the black people and the white people in this country. They fought for years and years all across the country. So many people died. It was so sad. One year, around Christmas, they decided to stop fighting. The black and the white people all decided to sit down together they realized that they were all the same and like the same things. And from then on, we were all friends and had Christmas together always. This story is called Wombat Valley by Pania and Tane. One day, there was a big war in the bush. It was a war in the bush between the wombats and the rabbits. They were fighting for land. They all wanted the good ground for their burrows. Wombats are very strong and tough. They can crush you with their thick bones. Rabbits are very fast. They can run and hop and dig fast. But wombats are fast too. People think that they're slow, but they can run fast when they want to, and they will knock you over if you get in their way. The wombats had the kookaburras and the magpies on their side. And the rabbits had the wallabies and the honey eaters on theirs. The war went on for weeks. They were even setting traps and taking prisoners. It was getting wild out there in Wombat Valley. The owls and the big roos called a meeting. They'd been watching the war and they weren't happy. All the animals of Wombat Valley met under the grandmother tree, down at the hill river. They all decided that the war had to stop. They all used to be friends. They can all be friends again. 
the biggest of the roos, went and talked to the wombats, and the wisest of all the owls went to see the rabbits. Then they all sat down together under Grandmother Tree, and she told them that it made her sad to see them fighting with each other. She told them that there was enough land for them all to share and live together. Everyone loves Grandmother Tree, and no one wants to upset her. So the rabbits and the wombats talked and talked and talked some more. And worked it out together. Now there are no more wars in Wombat Valley. The wombats and rabbits have their burrows side by side. Sometimes they even share. The end. This story is called The Pen is Mightier Than the Sword by Adelaide Richards. The pen is mightier than the sword. What does it mean? Who said it first? Do you always hear adults saying the pen is mightier than the sword? Well, for me in my household of four sisters, using a pen to write in my diary when one of them was frustrating me is definitely a powerful coping tool. But on a much broader scale, I'm here to tell you why the pen is mightier than the sword. The saying was created by English author Edward Bulwer-Lytton in 1839 to indicate that the written word is more effective than violence. We can also take it to be individuals fighting for rights against governments or companies, the little guy against the big guy. Over time, Edward's message has been proven on all levels. Here are some examples. Vanessa Richards, my mum, with her pen, she is gathering the support of all our local community to put in a submission of objection. She is fighting with words to save the rural environment where we call home from a large commercial greyhound facility. Trying to convince people with ideas and words is way more effective than trying to force people into what you want. Although Indiana Jones has found the ink shooting out of a pen to be quite literally stronger than a sword, I hope I've convinced you that the power of words is indeed strong. I'm almost eight years old. I love dinosaurs, so I write a story called Dino Wars. Once upon a time, 65 million years ago, there was peace between the herbivores and the carnivores as they both lived on opposite sides of a plentiful river. One day, a giant volcano that had not erupted for years began to stir. Panic amongst the dinosaurs broke out 
As the panic spread, the ancient volcano erupted. A mushroom of smoke and ash spread across the sky, drowning out the sunlight as boiling hot bright red lava rolled down the volcano and into the nearby river and formed an obsidian bridge. Smelling in the herbivores fear, here three carnivores found their way to the obsidian crossing and made their way over the grassy savannah that was once inhabited and by peaceful herds of Brachiosaurus and Calosaurus and Triceratops, making the, the journey to satisfying their hunger was the T-Rex, Therosinosaurus and the, and the fearsome Giganotosaurus. The trio of, of hunters is, could smell their prey hiding nearby. The snarling beasts came in bearing down on the nearby defenseless herbivores. But they were more in numbers than the dangerous carnivores. All out were broke loose as the carnivores did their best to chase the herbivores down and have their lunch. The herbivores fought back together, teaming up to take out the beasts. Claws, spikes, clubs and jaws were all in the mix as the dinos fought, eventually the rabid reptiles began to tire and everyone realised that at fighting was pointless and tiring. And peace returned to the land. The end. Bo Sparum is a Gamilare, Kuma and Matawari radio host and podcaster who lives in Mianjin, also known as Brisbane. He is the host and creator of the podcast for grown-ups called Frontier War Stories. Frontier War Stories is a podcast dedicated to truth-telling about a side of Australian history that's been left out of the history books. Ayama, my name is Bo Sparum and today I'm going to be talking to you all about peace and war. So, Bo, why is your job important? It's important because we don't know too much about this history. And the history that we do know is about how a whole other people claim this land. It's important to understand the sad stories uh, of our people, but then also the stories of our bravery as well. So that's why I tell these stories. Ever since I was a little kid, I always loved history. In primary school and in high school. When I was in high school, I went to a very multicultural school 
I think throughout my whole high schooling days, in my year levels, as like we went up to year 12, it would have been four black fellas. Only two of us graduated. And I remember one year I picked history and I sat in the class and I looked around and there was nobody who looked like me or who I felt comfortable with. So I decided to quickly get out of that class. I guess in a way I regret it because I love history so much and history is so important. One thing that I always say is history always informed us about our relationships. So I think that's why, you know, I, I, I like history and why I do a podcast based around history and our mob as well. Our mob have so much to offer. Our mob have thrived on this continent for so long and also thrived during the last 240 years. We've been accommodating to, uh, to everybody that's come here as well. So that's why I like history because it informed us about our relationships. We don't have too many good relationships in this country uh, with the dominant society, but there's so much more to look forward to. What would you say is the hardest part about your job telling our history? The hardest part of the job for these hard emotional stories that we know as black fellas, you know, we grow up and where you know, our parents and grandparents remind us saying, you know, when we're on country, see over there, that's where that happened. We don't go over there. You know, we're always told these stories, having to sort of relive and retalk these stories with uh, with mob, especially the ones that I have on the podcast, because it's so attached to who who we are. It's so real to this day, and we're constantly reminded of those things because the perpetrators they're named after the parks that we play in, the bridges that we go over, the statues in the city and the CBD that we walk to to get to work or to school or to hang out with friends. What's your favourite, favourite part about your job? I guess, like, my favourite part would be when it's young to mob or non-mob about finding out new things that happen in the frontier. You know, the frontier isn't just our mob being defeated and white followers claiming a land. It's so much more. It's about our mob, you know, winning battles, various battles all over this continent. It's um, our mob modifying uh, their weapons or using horses. It's, you know, our mob communicating with each other over thousands of kilometres, you know, uh, by using smoke signals. It's, 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 all, it's all the things that have held us together and, and has made us who we are today. It's the resilience and it's our survival. How did our people share history and stories before colonisation? Our, our mob and many other Indigenous mob uh, around the world had a very sophisticated way of communication um, and telling stories. Uh, it wasn't, I guess you could say, written down in a book, but it was written in uh, various different forms, whether it was through paint on our bodies, on caves, etched into trees, put on message sticks, various different ways, through songs, through dances. As the progression of colonization swept through the country, it's amazing to see how the conversations changed. The conversations got more political and our mob were writing these things down 
in the same fashion that we would have done for thousands of years. Yeah, there's, there's, there's message sticks that were intercepted by white fellas and interpreted by other black fellas saying, oh, look, yeah, these black fellas are going to meet with another four or five different nations and they're talking about their response to something bad that has happened. You know, so even though the pressures of the growing colony got hard, our form of communication didn't change. It only changed when we were forced off our lands. If you want to learn more about history or even be a historian when you grow up, you can listen to my podcast, read some more books and listen to your elders because there's so much history out there to uncover. Thank you for listening to YarnQuest. If you'd like to submit your own story or feature on YarnQuest, you can email us on yarnquest at awesomeblack.org or find us on Instagram at yarnquest underscore. This is an Awesome Black podcast hosted by Brooke Scobie and Uncle Mott. Starring YarnQuest kids from all over the continent. Executive producer Jade Goodwin. Produced by Tully DeVries and Brooks Scobie. Edited by Brooks Scobie and mixed by Travis DeVries. Comedy, culture, fun. First Nations owned. Supported by you.